Hi guys. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you're new to the podcast, I'll just tell you a little bit about me first of all. My name is Kira. I'm an Irish girl and a qualified medical doctor. I'm currently doing a one-year full-time master's in public health and nutrition at UCD in Dublin. And I write a blog called theirishbalance.com because I'm passionate as a doctor about preventative medicine, health improvement, public health and health promotion particularly how our lifestyles affect our health through the food we eat, how we exercise, how we manage our stress, our sleep and our social well-being. And I use my content on my blog, my podcast and also on my social media. I'm at the Irish Balance on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook to show you how we can empower ourselves to live happy, healthy lifestyles full of balance and hopefully translate some of the science out there into actionable, healthy lifestyle tips for you guys and help you see through some of the media myths that unfortunately are far too prevalent these days. I really hope you guys are enjoying the podcast if you're following it. I can't believe how many episodes we've gotten through already and I'm really excited to bring some more interviews to the podcast really soon so bear with me while I get those recorded for you. If you haven't listened to the episodes before I'd really encourage you to go back and have a look through the um previous episodes to this one there's a wealth of topics that I've covered and there's one interview up there already which got so much feedback from you guys and so I can't wait to get Seppi Mary um, back on for a part two very soon so today's episode is on a topic that is pretty close to my heart because it was a Friday focus on the blog recently and it was an area that I'd been reflecting on for quite a while had a lot of thoughts on and wanted to try and put um into sort of a coherent article for you guys. And so I did that in, well, hopefully coherently, I put it all into a post called Doctors, Diet and Disease. Balancing the basics, busting the myths, questioning the context and cultivating collaboration. And this post was really around the whole conversation that centers on doctors and dietary advice. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of background to why I think that's been a bit of a debate over the last while. So, as I've said, I'm a medical doctor. I spent five years training to do that in Trinity College in Dublin, and I finished three years of clinical training, my intern and senior house officer years, for those of you who are um, familiar with the Irish system. Um, I did that after graduating and finished um, intern year, and then two years as a senior house officer doing loads of different medical rotations. So I finished that in July last year, and then I dove back into full-time education in September just gone to pursue my master's because really I discovered as a doctor that I had quite a big passion for preventive medicine and coming at health from a population perspective, looking at particularly the lifestyle aspects of our health, how we deliver healthcare, how we protect health, how we can improve health. And thankfully, I'm absolutely loving my master's and really delighted that it was the right choice for me. Um, And I actually did also complete a year of dietetics before I went into medicine. So I've always had quite a strong interest in nutrition, but really medicine was sort of all encompassing and that was why I went for it. I'm telling you that as an introduction because it tells you that I'm a doctor and that I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a doctor with a strong interest in lifestyle aspects of our health, one of which is nutrition, of course. And as I've said, I'm quite interested in that upstream approach to medicine, prevention, because don't get me wrong, modern medicine, the acute reactive kind, things like antibiotics for infections, giving thrombolysis to acute stroke care, 
anti-epileptic medications, diabetic medications, things like that. There's lots of different examples where modern medicine is saving lives and improving lives. And it's the bread and butter of what we as doctors do day to day to help our patients. There is an increasing awareness in the health service, both in Ireland and internationally, that lifestyle and health behaviours that we adopt and maintain day to day play a major role in the development of major chronic diseases such as obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, dementia, cancer and even some respiratory diseases. And this is really what fascinates me the most as a doctor, reflecting on how we can address these behaviours and improve them at a population level to better the health of society of all ages, genders, ethnicities and socioeconomic levels and starting from the beginning of life all the way to the end of life. However, there has been a little bit of a social media and I guess a bit of a general media debate gathering a little bit of traction over the last couple of years on the topic of doctors addressing diet as a health behaviour with patients. Now, a lot of that is to do with the rise in use of technology in healthcare, and also there's been quite a lot of prominent doctors, maybe more so in the US and UK than Ireland, but um, who have come out with various standpoints on diet and disease, maybe with their own books as well, which is something we always have to be aware of. And that's not true for every doctor who's brought out a book. It's just maybe true for some more than others. One side of this particular debate says that as doctors, we don't know enough about diet and nutrition to deliver healthy eating advice to patients or to give tailored advice to patients, which are two separate things, by the way, and that medical schools should be delivering nutritional education to doctors as part of undergraduate training. Now, we'll park that for a second. The other side of the debate, to me anyway, says that doctors shouldn't give individualized nutritional advice to patients for a different reason, because we are doctors, not dietitians or nutritionists, and it's not our role, and we shouldn't be getting that education in it. Now these are kind of polarised views on the debate and I think overall as I said a lot of the movement against doctors discussing diet with patients has been fueled by certain figures in the media who have taken quite um, hardcore black and white stances on particular types of diets things like low carb, um, high fat, high protein, vegan, vegetarian, the list goes on. Um, it might just be whatever diet is in the book they've developed and are trying to sell or others that have cherry-picked nutritional research to share on social media instead of the whole picture. And that's not just true for doctors. We've seen a lot of people who aren't qualified healthcare professionals doing this, and we've seen other healthcare professionals outside of doctors doing it. And that is sort of the downside of social media, is that, you know, there isn't really a law regulating what people put out in this context. And finally, the kicker to all this is that we often forget that the media itself, regardless of how a person uses social media, the broader media, and yet that includes Netflix documentaries, what the health, I'm looking at you, often grossly misreport or exaggerate nutritional research. And this leads to confused people, populations, patients, and like it or not, patients trust their doctor and they may well look to their doctor for evidence-based advice amidst a lot of the scaremongering that they might have come across about diet in the media. We can't escape that fact. And I think it's something I talk about quite a lot that as a doctor, we are in a really, really privileged position to be able to help people who are in a vulnerable position and who need help and who look to us for help. And that trust that a patient puts in their doctor is something that I've really, I've really made sure I never, ever take for granted. Whether that's in the hospital setting or the community setting, I think that's something we have to really, really value all the time. And it should inform our responsibility in what we say. Now, this podcast episode and the 
blog post I wrote is not devised to call out any specific doctors in the media or critique anyone in the nutrition side of things that are calling doctors out. More so, it's a constructive post to tell you my thoughts in this whole debate because it has got my back up a little bit. I think it's become a bit overcomplicated and what I want to do is strip back the noise and share with you the four key points that I wrote in my blog post focusing on what I think we as doctors should know and do when asked about nutrition by our patients and why that is so, so important. So let's get into it. So number one is called Balance the Basics. Studying my master's in public health and nutrition this year means that I get to cover a lot of cool areas relevant to health. This includes non-communicable chronic diseases, infectious diseases, public health policy, health promotion, sociology, which side note, is very, very hard. (laughs) And yep, nutrition is in there too, because I picked that to add to my master's. Now, between the many assignments, projects and presentations we've been doing and my own reading, because I'm so interested in all of it, I've become pretty well versed in these subjects. But the more I learn, the more I realise there is so much more to learn. That is especially true for nutrition. Tip of the iceberg does not even cover it. It's a bit of a running joke among doctors that the more you know, the more you don't know. And that's just when we speak about medicine and surgery and that's because science is constantly evolving it's challenging enough for doctors to try and keep up to date on the medical literature let alone the nutritional and so this is where i bring it back to the basics with all of the media myths and dietary fads out there our good old national healthy eating guidelines and i speak for ireland but there's some very good guidelines in other countries too often get lost in translation and actually What I've learned is that they're pretty freaking great. And in Ireland, they've actually been pretty recently updated to reflect the most up-to-date evidence in nutrition. And remember, they are devised by people who want the best health for current populations and future populations. There's no agenda. It's just to get us healthier. So when I say balance the basics, I mean the doctor should be able to tell a patient where clinically relevant and appropriate what these guidelines say. For example fruits and vegetables, aiming for five to seven portions a day, whole grains, so important for our digestive and metabolic health by helping us get our fiber in and a range of other micronutrients. Being able to recognize that heavily processed foods should not be a staple of our diet and in fact should only be consumed at a max once or twice a week and that's things like cakes and pastries, biscuits and sweets etc. The basics don't mean that a doctor should be able to tell a patient specifically how to eat for a specific medical condition because I get asked that sort of thing quite a lot via messages on social media. And as a side note, no doctor should ever give out individualized medical nutritional advice via social media. It's ethically and legally wrong. And if anyone does give you that, you should be looking the other way or not asking in the first place. Bottom line on this, guys, is that I do think as doctors, we should be able to inform our patients of what our national evidence-based healthy eating guidelines say and discuss that with patients if asked and if it's clinically relevant. But it does not mean that we need to be diet experts. Now, number two, number two is called bust the myth, bust the myths. And this is where we have to get practical because as I've said, unfortunately, media and social media, especially misrepresents nutritional research all the time. The classic examples of late have been headlines you've probably seen along the lines of red meat and cancer risks or the vast media coverage that the Eat Lancet publication got about planetary diets and sustainable eating. For example, in February, I helped deliver a workshop for parents at my college on healthy eating for children. And my section of the workshop was all about myth busting. I covered meat and my colleague looked at myths around dairy. And this was a really important section of the workshop because there is obviously 
as we've seen, a rise in people renouncing or reducing meat and dairy, whatever that motivation may be, whether it's for animal welfare concerns or environmental reasons, or just because bloggers are doing it, which is not a reason. Um, and it means that we might see nutritional deficiencies emerge if people aren't aware of how to replace nutrients lost with plant-based alternatives. So a classic example, as I've said on my social media in previous posts, is the better absorbed bioavailable or heme iron found in meat compared to plant-based alternatives. Another example, um, as I've talked about quite recently on my social media and feel very strongly about, is the rising trend of young girls cutting out dairy completely from their diet without really thinking about where that calcium they're, they're going to now miss is going to come from or considering calcium fortified plant-based alternatives if that's what they're going to do so my point is this headlines and media frenzies around nutrition as well as certain influencers creating their own headlines can lead to a lot of confusion and as i've said patients trust their doctor and this is really really true in ireland historically the general practitioner or primary care provider was a central figure in the community and still is i have my own gp i'm a doctor and i trust him 100 percent I also know that he's not a dietitian, obviously, but if a patient goes to their doctor totally confused about the latest newspaper article claiming X food causes Y cancer, I do think that their doctor should be able to at least give them a reasonable, rational, responsible answer based on the evidence and if they don't know where to refer the patient to for an answer, for example, a nutritional professional. Give you an example as a resource that doctors could use. The World Cancer Research Fund has a fantastic amount of online resources on how we can optimise lifestyle behaviours to reduce our cancer risk, all available for free online, including dietary behaviours via their continuous update project. And we learnt recently in college about their third expert report, which details the evidence to date on various food groups that have been studied with regard to their cancer risk and gives guidelines and recommendations that reflect their analysis. That alone, as a simple, accessible, free resource for doctors, is a fantastic start and would really help clinicians bust some of those myths a little bit. So, number three. Number three is called Question the Context. One thing I've learned over the past year that I always come back to is the importance of context. What works for me may not work for you, and that's because we are all inherently unique in terms of our genetics and personalities, yes, but also... The non-genetic stuff, our environment, the culture we live in, our socioeconomic status, like our income and our employment and our education level, our social networks, our backgrounds. Nutritional advice for one person is not the same as for the other. True, public health guidelines do apply a generalised approach to recommendations for the population and I stand by those, as I've said in the first point about the basics. But the key thing here is that every patient will come to their doctor with a different set of symptoms and signs for, for example, a given medical condition. And the same is true for the queries they might have about aspects of their diet. So, for example, if food affordability is the primary concern of the patient, then it is no good to the doctor, dietitian or nutritionist for that matter, discussing with them the need to source their healthy fats from avocados, which, FYI, are still expensive almost everywhere I've seen um, so far, unless you get a good deal in Lidl or Aldi. Um, or advertising, for example, a snack of homemade nut butter with sliced apple, though that is delicious, might not be practical for that person or what they need to optimise their diet. The issue with social media is that a lot of the conversations around food are from those of us lucky enough to come from a middle to upper class background. And so chatting about the importance of a plant-based diet, for example, might not be the right conversation for someone who's just struggling to pay for dinners on to put on the table for their family every week or even the knowledge and skills of where to get that food or how to cook it. 
So a great resource that doctors could use, for example, in this context would be the work Safe Food are doing. And Safe Food, in case you don't know, are the public body in Ireland that are responsible for raising consumer awareness of issues around um, food safety and healthy eating in the Republic and North Ireland. I've done a shadow day with them last year and it was fantastic. They've done so much work um, on this area, particularly with the creation of, for example, their 101 Square Meals book, which is available online. And it's designed to help families make healthier meals with the best value for money. So it's got like shopping tips, food safety messages, menu planning advice, and even treats and snacks and things like that that you can make for special occasions. That's a really valuable resource for someone who, for example, food affordability is the issue that they need to work out with their diet. So let's bring it back to the bottom line for this point. The context is key. And any doctor asked about nutrition by their patients should explore that as the first step. Okay, let's get on to the last knowing the limits this is just as important online as offline we've seen quite a few medical professionals and as i say other healthcare professionals too but medical professionals sharing their opinion on various dietary approaches and sometimes it's because they've written a book about it and i'm not calling any out here that's not my style and it's pretty clear from my content on social media who i'm a big fan of in this realm i think one of the most important things that doctors can do to promote healthy eating among their patients is, first of all, just be aware that it plays a role in our overall health and in certain chronic diseases, both from a preventative and management perspective, because it does. And second, to know when it's appropriate to refer the patient or if the patient wishes for referral onto a registered dietitian or nutritionist. In the inpatient setting, to be honest, in my experience, because I've mostly worked in the inpatient setting over the last three years, it really isn't an issue in hospitals. For example, dietitians are integrated members of the healthcare team for lots of different medical and surgical patients. And this is also true, for example, in the case of diabetes. I did six months on diabetes teams and we worked as a multidisciplinary team. And the dietitian was a key member of, of that. And you can see, obviously, with diabetes the dietary side is so important um, so we would have such an awareness and we would um, always look for the opinion of the dietitian. In the community primary care outpatient setting when nutrition comes up in conversation um, that's where we can say as doctors we should know our limits of the advice we can and should give when we should refer onwards and importantly not just refer but collaborate with dietetic and nutritionist professionals to give the patient the best shot possible at fostering a healthy balanced enjoyable relationship with food for life. Okay. Phew. Sorry, guys. Actually, I'm not sorry because I feel very strongly about this topic and there has been quite a bit of doctor bashing um, on social media and the doctors and diet debate. And while, as I say, there are some that have overstepped the mark, we haven't all overstepped the mark and a lot of us are well-intentioned and just want to come at it from a balanced approach. And also, as someone pursuing a career in public health, I think that it is extremely important that I'm able to talk about nutrition um, from the most basic perspective, but to emphasize its role in prevention and management of many chronic diseases. And I say role, it's not the only aspect of prevention and management of chronic disease, but it definitely has a role along with physical activity, along with not smoking, along with keeping alcohol intake to low risk guidelines or not at all along with good sleep, along with stress management, along with social well-being. We know that these lifestyle behaviours are very, very powerful in terms of shaping our health. And as doctors, we have to be aware of that. So, okay, I'm done. Aramis. 
a lot of you were very keen to see this article uh, turned into a podcast so I'm really happy to have done that um, I elaborated a little bit on the actual article itself because I as you can tell feel quite strongly about it and I'm quite passionate about it so if you have any comments queries or feedback on the post I'd love to hear it um, you know the drill leave a comment on the podcast leave a comment on the blog drop me a line via email or a dm on instagram or tweet me you know where to find me and um, theirishbalance.com is my blog you'll find me at the irish balance all lowercase all one word on instagram twitter and facebook and you can find this podcast on podbean spotify and itunes and i do have to also do that annoying thing now where i say if you have a listen on itunes i would love if you would leave me um well, you can leave a five-star review if you want i won't judge how many stars you leave but I would love you to leave a review and rate it um, just to get it a little bit of a home on iTunes and to move it up the charts a little bit so that more people can see it and my message can reach more people. So thank you so much for listening and I will chat to you guys again next week. Bye.